All right, Gumbo listeners, this episode is brought to you in part by Alcyon is the next generation backup platform for Microsoft 365 that takes on all the heavy lifting needed to secure your data. Alcyon uses an AI driven and security first approach to protect your data from malware, ransomware, accidents and outages. Start your free trial today by visiting Alcyon.ai. Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo, the podcast where we cook up a delicious blend of cybersecurity, privacy, and data protection topics to serve you a hearty bowl of insights. Whether you like your gumbo spicy with a dash of encryption or prefer a milder flavor with a side of compliance, we've got you covered. So grab a spoon, sit back, and let's dive into the pot of data protection gumbo. Welcome to another episode of Data Protection Gumbo. I am Demetrius Malbro, your host, and I am super excited to bring another episode to you. And I also have on today as a special guest, I have Andy Suritz on, and he is a 20-year IT pro specializing in cloud technologies, M365 security and infrastructure. And by day, he's a security evangelist for Hornet Security, and he's leading a technical team on content. And also by night, he shares his IT knowledge online or over a cold beer. And I can always use one of those. And he also holds the Microsoft MVP award in cloud and data center management. So Andy, welcome to the gumbo. How are you? I'm doing good, doing good. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to uh, the discussion today. Yeah, and I was looking forward to having a discussion with you specifically around Microsoft 365. Also, some of the tools, some of the, the things that individuals and organizations have to look out for, you know, when they have, whether it's a small, medium or large size M365 environment from a compliance perspective and also from a data protection perspective, wh- what are some of the things that, that they have to look for as well? But before we jump into that, maybe just a, a brief update and a brief uh, summary of yourself. And I know I read your bio, but it's nothing like hearing from the man himself. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Appreciate that. Yeah. So again, uh, Andy Sirwich, uh, you kind of covered the the key parts already. Microsoft MVP. I'm a security evangelist for Hornet Security. And I guess uh, I kind of started my career the first 10, 15, yeah, 10, 15 years actually doing IT engineering work in the trenches, pushing buttons, pressing uh, dials, all that stuff, right? So, uh, good chunk of that time spent in the MSP space. So um, anybody who's ever worked in the MSP space knows you work with a very diverse array of different businesses, shape, size. So um, from that perspective, it was a great kind of starting point in getting into IT and starting to learn all the different ways, security, data protection, compliance, kind of how all of it plays together for different businesses, uh, like I said, of various shapes and sizes. There we go. If you sit back and, and you think about uh, just compliance overall, what, what's maybe the the top concern or maybe a headache that you've seen just around compliance and also as it deals with, with uh, Microsoft 365? Yeah, you know, that's a, a topic that's come up a lot recently, and I've been having a lot of discussions around this particular point. In fact, here at Hornet Security, we recently just did a, compli- a compliance survey, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much around the same topic. So it's uh, it's definitely top of mind. And I, I think when we talk about compliance, 
what I've seen happen time and time again over the years, and it seems to be accelerating a little bit, is the burden of compliance is increasingly being set squarely on the shoulders of IT teams, right? And uh, I think many business owners, they look at compliance as just a cost of doing business these days, right? Just kind of like taxes. And I see a lot of organizations who are like, oh, okay, we need to be compliant with uh, HIPAA or PCI or whatever industry they're in. Okay, this seems like an IT thing. We're going to pitch it over the fence to IT and let them deal with it, right? So now we've got IT departments in a situation where they have all the day-to-day stuff going on, right? Uh, Break, fix, password resets, all the usual. Now they have this huge list of controls that they have to worry about. Um, And it's not just for on-premises stuff, but it's for 365 as well, like you said. And IT organizations are struggling to deal with this, right? So when we think about 365 in terms of compliance, it really changes the conversation uh, when we compare it to how we used to talk about compliance because um, back in the old days, and I can say that because I have gray hair in my beard and my hair now, (laughs) but back in the old days, we only had to worry about the four walls of our business, right? Yeah, Um, correct. With the cloud changes that. So now uh, I, in talking with a lot of different organizations, you know, organizations really struggle to uh, manage data across 365. Um, you think about how easy it is for your average end user to hit the share button in the top right corner of Word or Excel and share it with whoever, right? So that's just one aspect that um, you know IT organizations are struggling with. They're also struggling with uh, you know rampant ransomware, uh, making sure data stays private, uh, protecting their data adequately, archival. I, <laughs> There's a lot of struggles there. Yeah. Right? I know I've touched on a lot of stuff, but yeah, you at did. a high yeah. level, I think that's probably a good starting point. And, and you said the word share, and that that reminded me. And I'm sure you were f- you're familiar with the shared responsibility model. Oh, yeah. And yep. how, as a SaaS application, users especially may not understand their responsibility that, you know what, that provider may not be performing adequate or granular backups or, you know, a capable of keeping that data, you know, for an extended period period of, of time and allowing you to recover in, in case someone accidentally deleted something and the list goes on. So w- w- what are you seeing just from that responsibility, uh, shared responsibility model that some of the individuals that you have seen or some of the organizations that you have worked with that they still may be missing missing the the boat on. You know, that's a I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of the things I wanted to touch on here and it still surprises me a little bit I guess because I've been kind of seeing this trend for the last well, pretty much as long as 365 has been out, even back to when it was called uh, BPause, for those that aren't aware, Business Productivity Online Suite. That's what 365 used to be called a long time wow. ago. Okay. Anyway, I've seen this issue um, even back in those days where businesses will come in and they'll start, you know, consuming 365 as a platform for their productivity needs. And there's just kind of this blanket assumption that, okay, Microsoft is hosting my productivity services, my data stored in SharePoint, OneDrive. Ah, they must be doing backup for me, right? I don't have to mm-hmm. worry about that that thing, yeah. right? 
And rarely do organizations stop and look at the shared responsibility model. And if, you know, the, the viewers are not familiar with that, when it comes to a SaaS platform like 365, the protection and safety of data ultimately falls to the consuming organization, the business. It's the customer's job to protect their own data, right? So... Uh, I still, like I said, run into these organizations that assume they don't have to worry about that. And they're like, oh, well, we have retention policies in 365 and things like that. And what I always say when it comes to some of the built-in tools is 365 as a platform is really good at retaining data. It was designed for data retention. It was not designed for point-in-time recovery. And that's where, you know, a proper backup and recovery solution comes into play. Okay. And just shifting gears a little bit, and I am putting on my my tinfoil hat, and we're going to talk a little security here. So let's say that I am, you know, and and it's a different conversation, whether you are a security engineer or if you're that world-class CISO out there. It's the same silver lining, but you have to speak a, di- a different language in order for the engineer or that CISO to really engage with you. So l- let's say it's somewhere in the middle, right? Um, a security pers- uh, person right in the middle of, of CISO, an engineer, maybe there's some type of senior level. Um, around compliance and regulations, uh, especially with M365, what, what would that conversation look like? How would you go about, let's say, maybe convincing them that these are the things that you should be looking at to stay compliant within this particular SaaS platform? Yeah, and that's a good question because realistically, the answer is going to be different depending on the type of organization they are, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when you look okay. at, yep. uh, you know, what I consider to be like the top end of ultra-restrictive, has-to-be-super-compliant type of organizations, it'd be financial and it'd be defense, right? Those would be like the two big ones. And when you look at both of those spaces, Uh, the compliance conversation is happening much more readily than it would be for, uh, you know, your mom and pop retailer who uh, may not even be holding on to payment card information and has to adhere to only the lower rungs of PCI. So it's a vast array of different conversations. And I think what's important for any organization, regardless of where on that spectrum they fall, is they need to sit down and have a honest conversation with all the powers that be within that organization. Um, again, compliance is not strictly an IT or a security team problem. It is a business yeah, problem. Right. So you need to have mm-hmm. leadership mm-hmm. involved and you need to go through and identify, okay, what controls in our given compliance do we need to worry about? Who is a key stakeholder for each of those controls and what data falls underneath each of those controls. And if that sounds like, you know, a pain in the rear end and a lengthy process, well, sorry, it is, right? It's one of those processes that's not easy. And I think that's step one. You need to know what you have. You need to know what controls you need to comply with. And then once you know that information, you can go out and start looking at tool sets to help you solve those issues or, that's where the HR team comes in. What type of human processes can you put in place 
to help address those too, because there's a human component here as well, right? Yeah, I, I love your response there. And <laughs> I was thinking about you, the previous question when you mentioned, yeah, you know, if you want a, like to recover from that particular ac- accident or whatever may have happened, you know, with that data, then, you know, one thing that I always hear is, is yes, we have the recycle bin. What, what, what's your response to the recycle bin? And if, if something happens and I delete it, it's in a recycle bin. So we, we are good to go. And I'm, I'm sure there's like a retention period where things automatically disappear or empty themselves uh, for an extended period of time. There is. There is. And first uh, disclaimer here, I like the recycle bin in 365 for what it was designed for, right? The recycle bin in 365 was designed for that situation where you've got Bob in accounting accidentally deletes a piece of email and says, oh, you know what? I didn't mean to do that. They can go retrieve it on their own, right? It's not designed for situations where, um, you know, somebody's entire mailbox was ransomware because surprise, there are, you know, ransomware strains out there that can hit 365 mailboxes. Just in case you guys didn't want to sleep tonight. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, but uh, that's where, you know, a, a more robust backup and recovery solution comes into play is kind of those those situations like that. Or, um, and again, I'm just, I've just talked about the, the user recycle bin so far. You also have the admin recycle bin in the background. But again, that's not designed for point-in-time recovery. It's not designed for uh, large recovery operations. Again, it's 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 kind of for those one-off situations, right? And, I, you know, I think the last time I tried to do, and this would have been years ago, 10, 10 years ago probably, the last time I tried to do any, um, you know, extensive recovery operation with some of the built-in tools, it's very time-consuming. And again, when you've got an organization burning down because there's a bunch of production data missing, you, that's that's not something you want to spend a ton of time on. You want to get everything you need in the first go, click go, and you know hopefully you're done pretty soon after that, right? And that's again that's where we come back to the third party backup and recovery uh, application discussion. I, and, I, and I know we're talking M three six five and we're, we're talking cloud and SaaS, but do do you see any any on prem type conversations with Exchange or? behaviors being different from from running uh, email on-prem to running it, you know, let's say in the cloud? Yeah, that's a good question. And this is, uh, again, another area where I've been having a lot of discussions lately because um, I, I, Hornet Security, I mean, this is a conversation we have all the time because not only do we provide backup services for 365, we do have some on-premises stuff too, and that includes uh, virtual machine backup software. So I'm still having that VMware and that Hyper-V related discussion when it comes to backup. Um, and same thing with Exchange. And in terms of does it change the conversation, it it's still something you have to take into account, especially in the scope of the compliance discussion we've been having so far in this episode. But um, really the only thing that changes is uh, procedure and tool set, right? Um, it's just something that you have to have your eye on, just like your cloud data, um, and you know, put stuff in place and operate accordingly, right? Yeah, and 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 maybe something else that's super critical is the skills of the 
let's say your IT personnel that's managing it, because there's a different skill set when you're, you know, using a SaaS application. So it's supposed to be easier, right? Because there's, you know, the IaaS and PaaS and SaaS and, you know, you put the onus more on the infrastructure and, and the person, you know, when, you, when you're when uh, you further over to the left in infrastructure and, and platform. But SaaS is like, you know what? Yeah, I don't have to do a thing. I just point and click, get the information in, get the information out, give it to the customer. Um, so, yeah. Typical. Typically, Typically. That's how yeah, it, yeah. I, I would say that's how it used to be. I think it's <laughs> I think it's changed a little bit, and we can get into that later. But yeah. um, but generally, agree. Yes. Okay. Okay. And, and and maybe we can we can close out just with some some overall conversation around around security because it's cybersecurity is just a, a really hot topic right now, along with 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 AI and artificial intelligence and maybe AIs. Are, are you seeing anything cool happening out? happening out in the industry related to artificial intelligence and automation work workflow, um, you know, uh, things around just making uh, processes and procedures easier or maybe even integrations into things like chat GPT, et cetera. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, I think everybody in the security space has kind of been having the AI conversation, right? Um, so it, uh, you know, I just gave a talk last week at InfoSecurity Europe about chat GPT and AI-enabled attacks. Um, We've also done, uh, I've got a a podcast episode myself on that same topic. So it's definitely something that we've been talking about. And I I think what's what's important uh, in the AI discussion right now is the fact that as a whole, I think the security industry has kind of gotten wrapped up in this kind of panic, right? Over like, oh my God, you know, generative AI is going to make it so much easier to launch attacks. And we have these novice uh, threat actors that can now do more. And, uh, And don't get me wrong, there's some genuine cause for concern there, but Blue Team can use AI too. Right. And I think that's the important distinction here and that you think about things in the security space that traditionally have been very difficult to do well. The one that comes to mind um, off the top of my head is like log analysis. That's the one I always use an example of. Anybody who's done log analysis knows that it is a meticulous, arduous, difficult process. Right. Especially if you're looking at a very. complex attack chain and i mean you could be looking through thousands and thousands and thousands of lines of logs right that's a place where ai in the industry could come in and really help with Um, i can also kind of use our own product set at hornet as an example here in our advanced threat protection engine and again not to not trying to do a a product plug or anything here like just speak to our product because i'm familiar with it but (laughs) We have AI built into our ATP engine that allows us to uh, detect malware, ransomware, uh, and spam messages using more than just heuristics or um, that traditional hash or signature-based detection methods, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas we're actually Mm -hmm. using natural language processing, machine learning to spot risky behaviors. We're spotting... um, you know, uh, behavioral type indicators. The example I always give is C-suite fraud. So 
the CFO of an organization gets an email that appears to be from the CEO and it says, oh, hey, we have an urgent invoice. Uh, please wire $70,000 to this, this account, right? And uh, the AI in our ATP engine allows us to look at that and be like, you know what? The CFO doesn't normally get stuff like this. And so that that's a place where AI can come in and sort of do, and I hate to say it this way because, <laughs> because the industry doesn't like it right now, but it allows the AI and the ATP engine to come in and kind of act like a human a little bit, right? Because it's able to look at that chunk of text and kind of make a decision based on the content as opposed to just comparing it with a list of known bad hashes or signatures, right? Yeah, right. And so I think that's where AI for blue team can come in and again, we can kind of keep up this arms race between threat actors and blue team. And I think as blue team in the industry, we need to build those capabilities into all of our product sets, right? Awesome. Awesome. I, I appreciate you sharing all those insights and I am definitely walking away with a few myself. Uh, also, before I let you go as well, Andy, uh, what are you reading? What's on your nightstand that, that can maybe help help a gumbo listener out there? What's on my nightstand? Um, so it's been a while since I've actually read through a book. Um, I've been on the road a lot lately. And you would think mm -hmm. uh, traveling I would be reading. <laughs> but uh, I think the the last thing I read probably a month or two back is it's not security related, but I just finished uh, reading through Dune for the first time. Yeah. So I was always a, uh, a sci-fi type of reader and dune had never i'd never read yeah. it so that's, and, and that's there's a there's a movie now too right dune there is yes yes and uh, again i'll probably get some flack for this but i saw the movie before i read the book uh, but <laughs> the book was very good too so yeah. um that's kind of what i read lately and there's a the name escapes me but i recently last couple of months finished a book on social engineering as well and mm, okay i can't think of the title I'll give that to you after the fact, and you can link it if you want to. Not, not a problem. Maybe you can reply uh, on LinkedIn once once the episode hits LinkedIn, and we can have a conversation, a brief conversation about it there. I'm, I'm sure there there are a lot of fans out there that would love to chime in. And so, Andy, uh, once again, uh, really thank you so much for for being on, being a guest, and. Uh, hopefully the gumbo listeners will walk away with some nuggets of information and in, in ways that they can better comply and also secure and also protect their their m365 investment and all the data that goes along with it so uh, thank you again for being a guest on data protection gumbo definitely appreciate it also last plug please be sure to check out the backup and recovery professionals linkedin group that i run there's over 25,000 professionals uh, ranging from security, backup recovery, storage, and also disaster recovery. So please go out and, and take a look at that group. We have great conversations uh, around those topics, and it's, it's just a great place to hang out as well. So thank, thank you, everyone, for listening, and stay secure and back up often. <laughs>